So uh, I'm going to do a very simple, basic recap from last last week. Um, the podcasts are available, and you can have a listen again if you want. So um, it's going to be a quite simple recap. So the role of a human being in this world is what role of a human being? It's I'll give you multiple choice to make money, to have loads of Big, a big family, to make, make a name for yourself, become famous, or to seek the self and find that and become one with Brahman. Which one is it? All of the above. All of the above. Very good. Self. Yeah. So that is life's goal. And that is every human being's goal, whether they're aware of it or not. The self is the same in all beings. But they all different. They all have different personalities. We we said that the reason is because everyone's material layers are different: their body, their mind, intellect. We're going to go much deeper than that today. Why are they all different? True happiness is within, but due to our lack of knowledge and understanding, we look we look for it in the world. But the happiness you get from within. Compared to the, what you get from the world, there is no comparison. We do not understand our true value. We are worth so much, all of you, are worth so much more than you think, but you're just not aware of it. The fact that you're even a human being, you've got a head start. So since we don't know our truth worth, we go begging for petty things in the world, name, fame, power, wealth. These are the driving force to all our actions. So we must use this opportunity we have, since we're born as a human being, for one purpose only, that is to reunite with the self, to find our true purpose. It's our birthright. If not, then this life is wasted. This is what the sages are saying. Your life is wasted if you don't fulfill your purpose. One other term, renunciation, we came across that last week for the first time. It means rising up from, some, from lower values to higher values. We won't go into detail, but it, all it means is raising yourself to higher values. And the last bit we covered was the prince and the sage. The sage said, I, only, I have only given up the world, but you have given up God. You're a greater renunciate. Did everyone get that one? Yeah, there was a few questions people asked afterwards. They didn't understand. But, and I'll just quickly go over it again. So for the people who weren't here, I'm just going to read that because it's quite uh, poignant, that. A 
prince went to a hermitage to pay his respects to a sage. He prostrated before the holy man. The sage promptly rose and prostrated to the prince. The prince was bewildered. He recoiled and pleaded, oh master, how could you do such a thing? The sage asked in turn, why did you prostrate to me? Because you're a man of renunciation, said the prince. You have given up this world, which we are all running after. You have attained godhood. The sage softly inquired, which do you consider superior of the two, world or God? God, of course, the prince replied. Then do you realize, continued the sage, I have only renounced the world, but you have renounced God. Who has demonstrated greater renunciation? Yeah, did everyone get that? Because a few people said they didn't get it. Okay, whoever's got their mic on, we can hear the background. So uh, if we can turn them off, uh, Prakash, Tanisha, iPhone. It says there's a little crackling coming from the back. Thank you very much. So did everyone get that uh, analogy? Because a few people said they didn't get it, that's why. The prince renunciated God. He had higher renunciation. It, it's, in a, in a, it's a pun. A bit of sarcasm. You say he said that to make him realize, oh, what you're doing. You know that God is higher, but still you've given him up. Yeah? Okay. Any questions? That's, that's last week's class. Any clarifications? Yeah, okay. So today's class, um, it, it is a little bit texting on the intellect. Yeah, it's quite deep class, but don't worry about it. Whatever you get out of it, you get out of it. Yeah, it needs a little bit of thinking, bit of reading, bit of understanding. Um, but as I said, just bear with me and um, whatever you get out of it, you get out of it. And we can take questions later or Wednesday. So the introduction to today's uh, topic. So as a human, we live in this world, which we contact. Every day we contact this world with our body, mind and intellect. When we contact the world, in return, we have an experience. Now, this experience either brings us peace and happiness or sorrow and unhappiness. Does everyone agree? Yeah, we contact the world, the result is peace and happiness or unhappiness and sorrow. So the worldly journey we all know as life it is all looking outwards, yeah, outwards. We're looking outwards for the happiness. The spiritual journey is very different. To develop spiritually, we have to go where? Where do we have to go for the spiritual journey? Deepa mentioned this, yes, inwards. We have to go inwards for the, to develop spiritually. We have to look within. Mike, please. Thank you. 
So for the spiritual journey, we have to look within. We must change our focus. Right now, our focus is in the world. We must change that to the self within. If you can do that, that's it. You are now a spiritual person. Simple. Change your focus from external to internal, from the world to within, and you are now a spiritual person. So humans, we said humans are made up of the spirit and the material layers, which is the body, mind, and intellect. Everyone is the same. So we have to evaluate and develop the qualities, our material layers, so that we are able to go within, to be able to walk the spiritual path. We'll, we'll go into more detail in a minute. But in order to develop, we need to know where we are right now. Everyone is different. Everyone is in a different place. Which area of our personality do we develop? Which area of our personality do we need to pay attention to? Is everyone with me? We're all made up of this material layers and we want to now become spiritual and develop so we can have a happier life. Forget about self-realization and all that. Just for a happier life, to be a good human being, we need to develop, develop ourselves. But where do we start? We're talking about the mind and intellect, yeah? Body, everyone knows where to start and where to stop. So the topic we're gonna to cover today is actually discussed in more detail in Bhagavad Gita chapter 18. Everyone has a copy of Bhagavad Gita and they wanna know about today's topic. Chapter 18 is about, I think 78 verses talks about this. So when you talk about self-development, yeah? All of us, we think we're perfect. Look in the mirror, yeah, we might think, okay, we need to lose a kilo or two, or put on a couple of kilos, but that's as far as we go. No one looks at, our, looks, no one looks at their personality. We all think we're perfect. I'm a good businessman, I'm successful. I have a master's degree. I have this many properties. I have this much money in my bank. My children are settled. I played my role, I'm perfect. No one says, you know what? I'm losing my temper a lot. Let me find out why. You always blame the other person. No one says, your friend says to you, I'm really lazy, you're really lazy. No one says, you know what, my friend's telling me I'm really lazy. Let me find out. Why am I really lazy? I value his uh, comments. I'm always thinking negative. What makes me, which makes me agitated? Let me find out why. I'm a very selfish person. I, must, I don't like that about me. I must learn to become more unselfish. We're not trained to think in that way. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is self-development. And it's no one's fault. 
because we don't know about it. We don't know how to do it. This, that's today's class. See, we're not used to doing that. So that's why it's a concept that's alien to us. Yeah. So even if we, the thought came into our mind, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the tools to make it better. We wouldn't have the tools to dip, uh, find out why we're like that. This is what we're talking about in today's class. Is everyone with me? No one's fallen asleep yet. Okay. Does everyone agree with me, first of all? We all, we all feel that we're okay, but we don't look within to see where our flaws are. Does everyone, anyone, you can disagree, by the way. We don't have to agree to everything I say. I, I think I do disagree because otherwise I wouldn't be at your class. Yep. You disagree with what I'm saying? I disagree that we all think that we're a good human beings. If, if we did, then we wouldn't be at your class to change. No, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Fair comment, Dermish. But generally what we're saying is that we're, even if we realize that, we don't know what to do about it. See, the ego plays a role. This is the problem. Our ego says there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not talking about you students. You're all here listening. I'm talking about generally people. Yeah. We're not, we're not brought up in that way. This is the point we're trying to make. And this is where self-development comes in. Looking at your personality objectively. Looking past everything else. Looking past your body. See, in the mirror, if you looked and it showed you 30% selfish, 20% anger, 80% this, then you, you know where to, but the mirror doesn't show you that. So what we're studying today shows you that. So to be able to think like that, you need to be objective in life. You need some knowledge. You need some wisdom. Once you get that, you need to put in effort. Then you change, then you start changing your personality. And, in, and for that, you need a higher goal in life. You see, it's not easy. You need, a, you need to know why you want to do that. I want to be a better human being. I want to be a better father, better mother, better brother, better sister. I want to reach the goal, the purpose of a human being. I heard it self-realization. Let me see what is that all about. Seems like a lot of hard work. That's why you'll never see hundreds of people in this class, in Vedanta classes. You'll never see lots of people. There'll always be only like a handful of students because no one wants to put in that effort. It's difficult. No one wants to put that effort in. Even in the ashram, 40 students all over the world. They're from all over the world, all colors, all creeds. 40 students, thousands visit, but 40 students only. Because it takes a lot of effort. Any clarifications? Does everyone understand what we're saying? If you don't, please raise your hands or just get my attention. 
So in today's class, there'll be a reference to three Sanskrit terms, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Sattva, rajasic, tamas. These are the three different qualities, temperaments, mental states of the mind. In Sanskrit, it's called gunas. Don't worry too much about the Sanskrit terms. Sattva, rajas, tamas. You can replace them with the terms A, B, and C. A is the highest quality, B is the middle, and C is the lowest quality. So sattva is the highest, rajas is the middle, and tamas is the lowest. Yeah? Okay. Now, all of us, all human beings, no matter what color, religion, which part of the world they live, are made up of these three qualities. These three qualities in different proportions makes up a human being. That's why there are so many different kinds of people in the world. Everyone is different because of this. So the idea is if you understand this topic, you can actually make a, a chart, a personality chart, yeah? Which basically is like a mirror of your personality. If anybody wants a, uh, a printout of how to, fill, how to do it, uh, I have it on email. Um, if anyone is serious about doing it, I will send it to them, yeah? But you need to understand, first of all, the topic before you can do that. Everyone with me? Okay, great. So, personality chart. Um, that's where we're going to start today. That was the introduction. Um, I think either Meghna and Ravi will be reading. I can't remember who's first. Meghna, uh, can you read paragraph one, please? Personality chart. Can you hear me? Can everyone hear Meghna? The state of self-realization lies beyond the three mental temperaments known as gunas. Every human is constituted of three gunas classified as sattva, rajas, and tamas. Tamas is the state of an inactive mind, steeped in inertia, indolence, indifference. The lowest of the three qualities. Rajas is that of vacillate vacillating emotion and passionate activity and sattva the highest quality of the mind poised serene and economous above worldly passion and excitement these temperaments gonna... so, this paragraph one thank you okay so the state of self-realization if that is our goal is beyond the three gunas the three temperaments Sattva, Rajas, Tamas, beyond, beyond our body, mind, and intellect. And this fourth state is called trans-sattva. So you're moving up from Tamas to Rajas to Sattva to trans-sattva, which is self-realization. So our role as a human being in life is to develop ourselves, raise ourselves from the lower qualities, Tamas or C, to Rajas, B, or into Sattva, A. 
and then transit, but we can say A plus. So our goal is to raise ourselves in that way, in that order. So in order to do that, we need to know in what area of our personality we need to develop. So everyone is made up of these three qualities, some in different proportions. Someone may have more sattva, uh, a little bit of tamas, uh, a little bit of rajas. Some may be very tamasic, bit of rajas, a little bit of sattva. We'll know in more detail now what all those states are. The sattva is the highest quality of a human being. That person is serene, composed, objective, calm, thinks clearly, is above passion, excitement in the world, is not impulsive. Rajas, frenzied activity, mind constantly agitated. Action, action, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Let's go here, let's go there. Rushing everywhere, passionate, mentally agitated all the time. Tamas, lowest quality of our personality. Careless attitude, irresponsible, lazy, I don't care. Procrastinates, keeps putting things off. No, 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 no interest in anything. Yeah. Those are the basic uh, qualities of those three states. Any questions? Yeah, we, you'll get more of an idea of those states as we go along. It's just a Sanskrit term for it, but as I said, don't worry too much about it. You can call it ABC, A highest, B middle, C lowest, for your own understanding. Meghna. These temperaments, gunas, combined in different proportions, account for the variety of individuals in the world. The role of a human in his lifetime is to gradually rise from tamas to rajas to sattva and reach transattva, wherein lies the supreme self, the ultimate spiritual enlightenment. To develop the personality and attain transcendental experience, you need to study and analyze these gunas thoroughly. Ascertain the nature of the gunas inherent in you and how they manifest in different facets of your personality. You will then realize what is well and what, is, and what needs attention, correction. So the combination of these three temperaments, qualities, ABC, in, in varied proportion, makes up the different humans in the world. See, you look at people, you, you, you say, uh, you know what, he's lazy, okay? But there's another side to him where he's really good. Yeah, so there's a mixture. There are times when there's a lot of activity. There's time when he's really lazy. Those are the three qualities playing. Now, what proportion, we don't know. And people can fall into any categories at different times. You can be sattvic in one state, one stage, and pull your personality down if you're not careful, depending on who you hang around with. So nothing's concrete. You can be changing all the time in these three personalities. 
So to reach our goal of self-realization or the state of transatlantic life, we have to determine, analyze what temperament is inherent in our nature at the moment. In which area of our personality it manifests. Then we must work on the lower temperaments and rise above them. Work on the C grade and bring it up to B and then work on it to bring it up to A. Must rise from tamas to rajas to sattva and then ultimately to transattva, state of spiritual enlightenment. Any questions? Okay, a bit daunting. Is it going to be covered later? Okay, uh, Sittal has a question. Please. Um, so you said we're made up of all three. No. You said we're made up of all three. So in relation to understanding my personality as such, as to which guna is more prominent mm -hmm. and at different stages, should I just focus on if I've got even a little bit of sattva in me, should I focus on developing that more or should I focus on addressing the others that agitate me? Okay. Um, I think if we take that question up later, yeah. In the end, remind me. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Okay, Magna. For this purpose, the Bhagavad Gita has classified action and renunciation under these three gunas. Furthermore, action itself has been dis dissected into its constitutes as knowledge, actor, intellect steadfastness and their three gradations defined. Lastly, happiness, the underlying purpose of action, has also been classified under these three categories. Thus, the grades of sattva, rajas and tamas have been projected on all these facets of a human being. An analysis which enables you to define the exact nature of your personality. It holds a mirror to your inner quality and character. Your nature clearly defined. You can administer corrective measures where there are faults and rise gradually to the trans-sattvic state. So these three temperaments in different areas of our personality is examined in the Gita. This is what the Gita is about, self-development. Krishna had to develop Arjuna so he can fight the battle. For us, battle is every day in life. So once you understand this, it allows us to accurately analyze our nature more closely and allows us to take corrective action to make changes so we can rise from the lower, as we said. So the different areas it looks at is the intellect, the three qualities of the intellect, knowledge. What sort of knowledge do you have? We, we dissect three different types of knowledge. What is the highest knowledge? What is the lowest knowledge? Three qualities of actions. What is a good action? What is a bad action? Actor, how you act. What is a good act? What is a bad act? Steadfastness, how steadfast are you in your goals? Renunciation, 
three qualities of renunciation. Happiness. What is the highest form of happiness and what is the lowest? You know, all, you could all be experiencing happiness, but it could be the lowest form of happiness. You don't know that there's a higher form of happiness unless you find out. So the goal is to raise yourself, identify, raise yourself from the lower to the higher. Look, it may sound daunting at the moment, but as we study each one, we'll get a better idea. So don't worry about it too much right now. It is a difficult topic, this. But even if you get 5%, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Because you can look within 5% of your personality. Most people have not got that opportunity. They don't know how to do it. Even 5% is a lot. Okay, so we're going to start with taking each component and looking at these three qualities in each component so we understand better. And the first one is knowledge. What is sattvic knowledge? What is rajasic knowledge? What is tamasic knowledge? Knowledge, Yanam. Sattvic knowledge is the knowledge, is that knowledge which recognizes the core of all beings as the self, Atman, Brahman the supreme reality that pervades the pluralistic phenomena of the world, the infinite substratum upon which the world is projected. It is the knowledge of the underlying unity in the diversity of things and beings, a knowledge that finds you the harmony and peace you seek in life. Thank you. So this is sattvic knowledge, the highest. What is sattvic knowledge? Whoever heard that? Does anyone, can anyone sum up what sattvic knowledge is? Sattvic knowledge. Meghna. It's just recognizing the self in everything. Self in everything. Or recognizing that you are the self. You are. What's the opposite? When we don't recognize the self, what do we recognize? The world. The world. The personalities. Sorry? The personalities. Personalities. Anything the else? External person. Yeah. Anything material else? values. Material values. Yeah. You're right. When you don't recognize the oneness, the diversity of the world, Atman, God, Brahman, everyone is the self, everyone is. God, everyone is Atman. And if, when you don't understand everyone is the same, right now what we understand is he's different from you. How? He's English, he's Japanese, he's Chinese. They're different people. You see good people, you see bad people. You see people different based on their religion. He's a Muslim, he's a Christian, he's a Buddhist. You see animals different from you. You see plants different from you. You see the world different from you. All of us, that's where we are. The sattvic knowledge is seeing everyone as the same as you. There's no difference between me and my enemy. There's no difference between 
me and a Christian person or, or a Muslim person or a Japanese person. So when you have sattvic knowledge, you're able to see the unity in everything. And when you're able to see that, the effect is you're peaceful and happy. There's no agitations. Everyone is the same. This is the world. We're all the same. The minute you have a difference, agitations. Any clarifications? Satvic knowledge. This is our goal. So when we're able to see that, that means we have risen to sattvic knowledge. Clarifications? We'll all understand more when we hear the other two. Rajasic knowledge. Rajasic knowledge is, the, is that knowledge by which you see manifold beings and not the unifying self within. You look at them severally, notice distinctions and divisions, and see the pluralistic phenomena of the world. The diversity instead of one underlying reality, it is the opposite of sattvic knowledge. It's the, it's the opposite of sattvic knowledge. You see the unity, here you see diversity. We fail to see the enlivening factor that's in all, the spirit, Atman in all. Different color, different creed. You see, when you see uh, another way of explaining example, you see electric gadgets. You see a heater, you see a cooler, you see a mixer, you see a kettle, toaster, you see individual gadgets, which is fine. But there's one underlying enlivening factor to all these gadgets. Electricity, without which none of them function. They're a heap of metal without the electricity, correct? So it's identifying with that electricity. Thank you, electricity, for making my toaster work this morning. Yeah, but we don't. We don't, we don't identify with electricity. Similarly, we don't identify with the underlining reality that enlivens everything. So it's moving our focus to that. So you see somebody of a different color, different creed. Doesn't mean you go and say, oh, you're the self in me as you are. Yes, you don't do that. What I'm saying is that it's just having that awareness. You may cross over the road because you don't like the look of him. Doesn't matter, but the awareness, the self in him is the self in me. Magna. Damasic knowledge is that by which you cling obstinately to a part as if it were the whole, with no truth backing it, no reason supporting, which carries dogmatic, fanatic beliefs like averring one's religion alone can save that world and none else, and not recognizing the truth that lies beyond one's limited vision. 
I must acknowledge, limited vision. You don't know the full facts. We take a little bit of information, hearsay, and take it as complete without any investigation. And the thing is, you then believe that to be true. Arrogantly, fanatically, you believe this is the truth. This is Thomas acknowledge. No reason, no logic. Is that knowledge? It's not, is it? But this happens in the world, isn't it? You know, as we're going through this, you, you may have ideas in your first in your head. Oh, that, I think that person, I think that person has got domestic qualities. I think I know that person's got logistic qualities. See, even if you don't take on board today um, what we're learning today and um, doesn't have effect on you internally, what it will do is give you tools to recognize other people's nature. We're good at doing that. <laughs> We're good at being objective with other people. So you'll say, oh, you know what, I think that person's a bit tamasic. He'll come up to you after this subject today. But we need to change that to inside and look inside us. But even that awareness is, is a positive thing because you're now taking that on board. Yeah? So tamasic knowledge is no knowledge at all. Only by following this religion you'll be liberated. Forget the rest. Only this, knowledge, this, this religion will save you. Krishna alone will save you. Christ is the only saviour. Yeah. He may be. Yeah. But you can't have these fanatical views. That's Tamasic knowledge. Example, Tamasic knowledge. Any examples of Tamasic knowledge? Any personal examples from anyone? Okay, I'll give you one. You go to, who's, who's never been to India before? Has anyone not been to India? We've all been to India, okay. You go to India for the first time. At the airport, you go to the immigration counter. Anita? The guy looks at you up and down. He doesn't say a word and says passport. Looks at you again, comparing the picture and the passport to you. Then he says, Kahasiai. You say what? Where have you come from? UK, sir. Stamps the passport the passport to you. You say to your partner afterwards, Indian people are very rude. Yeah? Sweeping statement after one observation. No reason supporting it, no truth backing it. You have tainted 1.3 billion people as rude. They must acknowledge. We've all been to India so we can relate to that. So where is sattvic knowledge, where is rajasic knowledge? And where is tamasic knowledge? So you have to analyze where you are. What knowledge do you have? Only you know. Doesn't matter where you are, if you know how to develop that part of you, 
That's what we're trying to get to. That's the goal. You might say, well, I've been coming to these classes for two years now. Another example. I know Atman is in all beings. I have sattvic knowledge. All you guys who've been coming here for some time now. You may say, yes, I know. Underlining reality is in everyone. I know that. I have sattvic knowledge. But the thing is, are you living life with that understanding? Are you conducting yourself with everyone with that understanding? Knowledge has to then turn to wisdom. Then you live by it. Until then, it's only knowledge. See, all of you can leave today and say, yep, I have sattvic knowledge because now I understand it's the same in everyone. But it's only when you change yourself to live by it is when you pick up that knowledge. Yeah, is that, is that clear? You have to be living it. Make it part of your life. Then it's changing you. Otherwise, it's just knowledge. There's a lot of work, a lot of effort on this subject. Any clarifications on knowledge and the three different qualities of knowledge? Was it clear to everyone? So the next quality we're looking at is action. What is the highest form of action? What is the lowest form of action? All of us act. The minute we wake up, get out of our beds, we're acting. Whatever the action may be, we are all acting. Action is the insignia of life. Without action, there is no life. What kind of quality of action are we all performing? Action. Who's reading action? Ravi. Action. Karma. Sattvic action is based on one's obligatory duty and responsibility, and not action that merely follows personal like and dislike. It does not spring from attachment to action, nor is it action undertaken with a craving for fruit occurring therefore. When you do what you ought to do in the world without a selfish attachment or anxiety for the result, then the action is sattvic. Thank you. Sattvic action. Highest action. So, most of us act based on our likes and dislikes. So people who are new here, we all are made up of bundles of likes and dislikes. I like to do this, I don't like to do that. What we, what, what we will do is what we like, what we leave is what we don't like. But the problem in life is that everything we like is normally bad for us. Everything we don't like is normally what's good for us. If you analyze, you'll find that's how it is. We like to eat fried food, we like it, it's bad for us. Yeah, we don't like salad, it's healthy for us. So that's what drives us actions. What we like to do is normally bad for us. So 
a sattvic action, one of the component is being not being directed by your likes and dislikes, acting without likes and dislikes. You do what is obligatory, what you ought to do in life. If you're a teacher, you teach. Doctor, you help the sick. Businessman, you do business. You know what, today I don't want to be a doctor, I want to be something else. You can't do that. I want to be a footballer. You can't do that. You have to do your obligatory duties. What you like to do may not be what you ought to do. Similarly, you may like what you ought to do. That's different. So action should not originate from likes and dislikes, basically. We can get that. That's enough. It should not be based on likes and dislikes. It should be based on what you ought to do. You ought to get up in the morning and study. I don't like to do that, but it's good for you. That's what you ought to do. Helps you develop your intellect. That's what you ought to do, but you don't like to do it. I need to have a salad tonight after eating heavy food this afternoon, but I don't like salad. I need to have a salad tonight. I like salad. You may like what you ought to do, but you may not like, but you have to decide what is right for me. And your likes and dislikes has to be disconnected from that. Bhagavad Gita, chapter two, verse 64. Don't let your likes and dislikes rule your action. Do what you ought to do. Arjuna didn't want to fight. He didn't want to, he didn't like to fight his family. That's not right. He, had, he ought to do that, regardless of his likes and dislikes, because the whole country was depending on him to bring righteousness back in the country. So he didn't want to do it, but he had to do it. It was his responsibility. Therefore, you have to do what's right for you. Don't let your likes and dislikes govern your action. Sattvic action is acting without craving for the result. Now, this is a difficult one for people to understand, especially new people. Do not crave for the result. What does that mean? Do not crave for the result. So an example would be if I went to the temple and I donated, I don't know, 500 pound, not because I want to show everyone that I'm doing it to get personal gratification from others, are you doing it because it's the right thing to do? Okay, good. Damesh, thank you. What other example? Without craving for the result. Acting without craving for the result. Carrying out your duties as a father, husband, brother, without any expectation without any expectations yep very good nikisha sorry can't hear you no something wrong with the mic i think okay. 
again. Speak again. Um, can you hear me now? Because the ah, good. Um, I think like at the end, it's the selfish results. That's the craving for the results. It's a selfish, yeah. selfish thing. Okay. See, when you crave for the results, you're not keeping your mind in the present. Any action you do, once you start craving for the result, you're not keeping your mind in the present. You got two weeks to prepare for an exam. You're worried, will I pass my exam? What grade will I get? What is your role right now? To revise. Your mental energy should be on revising. You're worried about the result, you're not revising. You're dissipating mental energy unnecessarily on the result. You will get the result based on the effort you put in. By worrying about the result, you're not gonna get that result. You have to put the effort into the action, anything you do. So it's a way of conserving energy. Don't worry about the result, just put in the right action. The result will automatically come if you put in the right action. Also, sattvic action helps reducing desires and not create new ones, which is really important. Remember uh, that um, analogy, uh, God equals humans, human minus desires. So we're all born with desires. Our goal in life is to reduce our desires and not create new ones. Sattvic action helps you to reduce your desires because you're doing, you're using up the desires you already have. Whatever desires you're born with, that's what you're using by, by doing what you ought to do. You're not creating new desires. You just, you have X amount of desires, as you do what you ought to do, you're reducing them. Sattvic action takes you closer to the goal. Any clarifications? So just remember, don't let likes and dislikes rule your action. If you can get that, don't worry about the result. Those two things you get, it's enough. And so you've already changed your life if you get those two. Rajasic. Rajasic action is desire-ridden, coupled with a longing for its fruit, undertaken with the egotistic feeling, I do it all, causing strain and stress to the doer. It is contrary, contrary to sattvic action, which flows freely, effortlessly. When you do sattvic action, another thing is you actually enjoy acting. You're doing what you have to do, you enjoy it. So rajasic action, this is led by your desires, your ego, ego-led action, with craving for the result. 
Will I get that? Will I get this? All actions are directed by your likes and dislikes. All, all you want to know is how you're going to benefit from the action. What will I get if I do that? Or is this action? Likes and dislikes. And because it's led by your ego, your desires, it actually takes more effort to fulfill such uh, logistic actions. The mind keeps drifting in the past and in the future. So you're dissipating energy, causing stress, strain. See, when you're stressed out, it's not because you've put a lot of work in, it's because your mind isn't in the present action. It's going from the back, it's going backwards in the past and in the future. And that's what grains your energy. It's that constant mental agitations. I did this in the past, I'm doing this now, in the future will I get the results? All that wavering is what creates loss of energy. And that stresses you out. Not the action itself. Action cannot tire you. Work cannot tire you. It's the mental agitation that tires you. The mind uses up the energy in thinking of the past and the future. So you can't focus, you can't, you get tired. You can't focus on the action itself. So it's hard work, logistic action. Sattvic action is effortless. And then, then the ego plays a part. You know, I did that. But me, that would not have happened. The ego manifests. Look how good I am. It's not what it's not what you do in life, but how you do it. Any questions, clarifications on logistic action? Please, Magna. Is it okay to have actions that have a desire at the end of it, something that you do want out of it, but then not be affected if it doesn't happen and not be agitated along the way. Because sometimes you need a desire at the end to motivate you to do something or get through that action. Um, because yeah, it's like a goalpost, something to work towards. But if it doesn't occur, then not to be agitated by it. Okay, so first of all, McNutt, no action happens without desire. Yeah. Any action you do, there has to be, you have a desire to attend today's class. If you did not have a desire, um, you wouldn't attend. Yeah. Unless after today's class, you realize that you ought to attend regardless. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't attend. So first of all, there is an underlining desire to any action you do. Secondly, you have to set goals. Yeah, the goal is where you want to get to. What we're talking about is once you set the goal, you can outline what action you need to perform to get to that goal. Once you have done that, the goal is set. You don't need to worry, will I get to my goal? You need to put the right effort in and automatically, if you put the right effort in, you will get to that goal. 
if you keep worrying about the goal, you're not able to put the right effort in to get to that goal. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Does everyone understand? Just that perfect, very good question, thank you. We have to set goals in life. I want to self-develop. I want to learn more about this subject. Those are goals. Have I developed? You know, I went to, I attend, I've, attended, I've attended two classes now on Sundays. How much have I developed? Now you're worried about the result. You won't develop if you worry about that. In anything in life, you have to just put the right effort in. Ravi. Dramatic action arises out of confusion, delusion, action with no regard to one's ability, capacity to perform it, with no concern about its consequence, heedless and irresponsible of the loss or injury occurring to another or oneself. Such actions ruin one's strength and vitality, offend human dignity and prestige. Domestic action, lowest action, lowest form of action. Action performed arising out of confusion, delusion, no clarity, comes from ignorance lack of understanding and knowledge. You perform action without evaluating your abilities. Am I going to be able to do this? You don't think, you just do it. You don't act based on your nature. Your friend wants to be a doctor, you want to be a doctor. But you have no inclinations, no interest in medicine. I'm going to do business. No, you have no acumen for business. Tamasic action. You don't care for any what damage you cause, what injury you cause by your action, what losses or outcome as a result of your action. You don't care. I heard you can make lots of money if you smuggle drugs over the border. No worry about the lives it will ruin. I don't care. Whatever will happen, will happen. I'm just going to do this. But it's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Domestic action. People like that out there. Everyone understand the different qualities of action? Sattvic, Rajasic, and Tamasic. Don't worry if you don't understand it completely. Let's get the gist of it. It's enough. Any questions on action? Okay, we've got one more to do. Actor. Okay. Actor, Gurta. Sattvic actor is not egotistic, does not have the I am the doer attitude and is free from attachment, with no preferential relationship binding him to the world. Besides, a sattvic actor possesses steadfastness, jitti, and enthusiasm. 
Utasa, he is energetic, cheerful, and joyful in what he does, and does it with consistency of purpose until the work is done. All along his course of activity, he remains disinterested in the result thereof. Success or failure means nothing to him. He maintains a balance of mind through the fluctuations of life's experiences. Balance of mind through life's fluctuation, fluctuations of life's experiences. Balance of mind through whatever happens in life. That's the goal. So, actor. See, if you want to make a pot, clay pot, you must have knowledge of pottery, yes? Correct? Similarly, if you want to act properly, you want to be able to act properly in life, you need to learn the knowledge of right action. This is what we're doing, learning the knowledge of right action. We're not born with it. Just as you're not born, you, you don't know how to ride a bike, you have to learn how to ride a bike. Someone has to teach you how to ride a bike, how to drive a car. Similarly, we have to learn how to perform the right action. So a sattvic actor is wise, he is not egoistic. He understands humility. He has humility. Example. Chief engineer Mercedes-Benz builds a new model car, S-Class. Did he build that car? Did he build that car? Yes, you can say he built that car. A lot of people built the car. A lot of people built that car. He can't say it. He can't take the credit and say, I built this car. I'm responsible for this car. Hundreds of different cars have been made. 10 different models of S-classes have been made. Different engineers were involved developing it. All he's done is taken that and developed it further. He can't take credit for that particular car. It's hundreds of years of Mercedes-Benz technology that has allowed him to create that car. No ego. We're discussing this subject in class. I can't take credit for the knowledge. Experience of self-realized souls, we have passed down this knowledge. Thousands of books that have been written based on this subject. Someone's translated it into English. Only then we can read it. Someone put, my, my teacher at school taught me how to read English. She has to take some credit. How can I read and teach if I don't know how to speak English, how to read English. My family let me take three years away from my responsibility so I can go and study this subject. They have to take some credit. The ashram where I studied, guru I studied under, 
if you take all that into consideration, my role is minimum. But we say we did it. I did it. Without me, it's not possible. We all do that in life, don't we? You understand I'm not the doer. This comes from wisdom. See, when you understand this, it creates humility in you. The spiritual path is dissolving the ego with humility. So this awareness creates humility in you. It's all part of the spiritual path, the awareness. He is free from attachment, does not bind himself to anyone or anything mentally. He understands when you get attached to anything, you suffer. That is the law. Steadfast in what he does, no distractions, energetic enthusiasm on whatever he's doing. Happy and joyful in whatever he does. His mind is not is steady, not affected by success or failure, never bothered about the result, not interested in the outcome. This is Sattvic actor. Well, we've got a long way to go. Just pick up one quality is enough. Just one quality. So I'll give you another example. You bake a cake. Ladies, gents, you bake a cake. You present it to your family. Beautiful cake. Yep, I made that cake. You bought the flour and the other ingredients and you mixed it and you put it in the oven. What about the guy who grew the grains? And someone had to ground it. And someone had to bring it into the country. The supermarket, they have to pack it. They sell it. All the other ingredients that has someone made. What about all those people? What did we do? We followed the instructions, put it in the oven, I made the cake. It's just awareness, this awareness. It helps you to create humility in your, in, your, in your personality. When you say I did it, it creates, it, it, when you say I did it, the ego is manifesting. And the spiritual path, we need to do the opposite, reduce the ego. So this sort of awareness helps you do that. You can apply this to anything you do. doesn't matter what you do. In any part of your life, just think about it. Did I do it? Actually, yes, I did play a part, absolutely. You couldn't have made that, that cake would not have happened unless you followed the final part. But thank everyone who helped you to achieve that. Next one. Rajestic actor is ever impassioned. His desires are insatiable. He craves for the fruits of his actions. He develops greed for acquisition, possession, and enjoyment. 
and when he meets with opposition in the pursuit of his desires, he is hurtful to those opposing them. He would also adopt unscrupulous ways and means to gain his personal ends. He is constantly buffeted by the joys and sorrows that arise from his selfish behavior. Consequently, his mind remains agitated with worry and anxiety, stress and strain in life. Rajasic person is passionate. Desires are insatiable. Never satisfied, always wants more. Greedy, highly selfish. What will I get out of this? If I do this, what will I get? He will get what he wants regardless of what happens to the other person. Doesn't care about anyone else. His mind is always agitated and with worry and anxiety. So when you are, when you act in that way, what happens, your mind is constantly agitated. What is happiness? What is happiness? Technically, what is happiness? Anyone? Um, is it when you can go through life, um, ups and downs, but stay kind of equanim equanimous, that word in the thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. But what, when you do that, what happens to the mind? You just, you're totally peaceful no matter what. It's settled. Yeah. So, Happiness is the cessation of mental agitations. That's the technical term. Happiness equals cessation of mental agitations. So when you're mentally agitated, you're unhappy. When you're mental, when you, when, when, as Neelam said, when your joy and sorrow doesn't come into effect, you're mentally calm, autonomous, you're happy, no matter what the situation. Sattvic, balance of mind for the fluctuations of life's experiences. That's sattvic. Rajasic, agitated with worry and anxiety, stress and strain in life. So the Rajasic person, no matter what he does, how much he earns, is never peaceful because his mind is constantly agitated. He's affected by everything. And if our goal is happiness, then you're not achieving that. Last one before we let you go. The massive actor has no ideal in life. As a result, he lacks steadfastness in pursuing any course of action. Bereft of culture and refinement, he is vulgar in thought, word, and deed. He is stubborn, obstinately attached to his way of life, deceptive and misleading, malicious in dealing with others, lethargic and indifferent towards his obligatory duty and responsibility, remains ever despondent and depressed in life, and procrastinates, puts off actions without completing them. So this is tamasic. 
no goals or purpose in life. All negative qualities, vulgar, crude, in whatever he does, stubborn, deceptive, clings onto his views fanatically. He would cheat, lie, just to get his selfish goals. Malicious thoughts would not think twice at harming others. Lazy, uninterested, uninterested in his obligations, procrastinates in his action. He lacks steadfastness in whatever action he takes on. Yeah, whatever. Due to the nature, they are depressed with life. Never happy. So no real, you know, day-to-day -day living, whatever happens is going to happen. I'll do what I feel like doing. I don't care about anybody else. Yeah, so what if I cheat that person? I don't care. No responsibilities. Any questions? We'll be pleased to know we're stopping there. As I said, this topic is quite um, deep and it needs a bit of thought, thinking, and then you need to become objective to your own personality, look at your own personality in those areas. So, you know, you have to think about it. But if we get just 5% of what we've said today, you'd be surprised how much you've achieved. Any questions? Jeff? Any clarifications? Dermish? Earlier you said you had a personality chart that we could do. Uh, I'm going to send you my email if that's okay to your text. Okay, so we'll do that at the end once we finish this topic. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dermishness. So this is, um, so this book is divided into three sections. After this topic, we finished the first section of the book, one third of the book. And as we go, um, this is introduction to Vedanta, what we're doing now. This is the last topic of introduction to Vedanta. The second uh, section of the book is practical Vedanta. So as we go along, it gets deeper and deeper. The subject. But stick with it, seriously, stick with it. You'll see the benefits of it. You can't, you can't get this in school, the subject. Any questions, clarifications? And if you, anybody has any questions on this uh, topic, Wednesday, we can take it up in group discussion. Yeah. Ravi, did you have a question? A more just observation reading this topic in that. I've I gather when you, as you said, you see the self in others, but it also allows you to understand, you know, what their personalities are. So you could see what traits and obviously not focusing on the negative, but it allows you to adapt. So it doesn't affect you. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what we said. We, this, this topic gives us the tools to really understand other people's nature, your partner's nature your children's nature, 
Yeah. It allows you to understand this is where they are. You shouldn't criticize. You have to accept this is how they are. Now you have a better understanding of human nature. You need to be able to say, yes, I understand this is who they are. It doesn't give you the right to say to them, you know what, you're tamasic. I learned in class today, you're very tamasic. It doesn't give you the right to say that. It's an observation for you to understand other people's nature. Sorry, Nikisha, you can't, you don't give, it doesn't give you the right to do that, yeah? Just now I've told her. It's for your own development, for your own understanding. Where they were agitating you before, you'll find they don't agitate you as much because you now understand their personality, their nature. And if you still allow them to agitate you, then you've not learned anything. And when you're not affected by that, you're more happy and peaceful. That's the result of it. Nilam? Um, I just wanted to say as well that I think, um, you know what you were saying before, how it's so much easier for us to look at other people's faults. And I think what I'm finding is by starting off trying to understand this and looking at other people, then it makes it easier to then start looking at myself. Okay. Um, so yeah, and how I relate to people. So. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, whatever tools helps you to do that, that's fine. But your, your objective is to develop yourself. You see? So some people may take this knowledge and say, gives them that extra you know, ammunition to say, yep, I know why you're like this. I know why you're like that. There's no uh, look, look at within to see how you are, but it gives some people, it gives them the tools to be able to see other people. You know, the objective with other people, not objective with yourself. This is the goal. We have to be objective to ourselves. Humility. You have to be humble. You have to appreciate everyone is, acts based on their nature. They have not control of it. They have no control over it. You have to understand that. If you understand that, it will create humility within you. My partner is like this. This is his nature. My kids, my family, my friends, they're like this. This is their nature. It's not their fault. Is poking me, saying, "This is why you're like this." Any questions? Did you want to ask me a question? Yeah. So Sittle's question was: We'll just take this up before we leave. Um, what do you What do you concentrate on? Do you, do you concentrate on the sattvic qualities? Yeah, so you said there we've got a proportion of all of them within us what proportion is what i don't know but should i then focus on developing even the little bit of sattva i've got or focus on thinking i've got so much rajas or tamas i need to reduce that where should my focus be so still this question is where should she focus on whatever sattvic quality you have, you should use that to develop the lower qualities. And as you, as as you grow the lower qualities, your sattvicness will increase anyway. The sattvic qualities will increase anyway. 
See, first of all, you need to have an intellect to understand this subject. And you need an intellect to understand I am this much sattvic, this much tamasic, this much rajasic. So you have to use your intellect to develop the other qualities. And when you do your personality chart, you'll know I'm sattvic in this area, but I'm tamasic in this area. So you concentrate on whatever's easier for you to concentrate on, depending on your nature. There's no hierarchy in what you should concentrate on. But if you understand the knowledge part, that will then help you to look at the other sides. The knowledge is key. Yeah? To understand the sattvic knowledge, if you can do that, then that can apply to all areas. But you decide. You, you go through your own personality and you know, there's no uh, one set of rules for everyone. Any other questions or clarifications? Great. So uh, next week, Sunday's class, we look at, uh, in the same way, the intellect, sattvic, rajasic, and tamasic intellect. Steadfastness. How steadfast are you in getting to your goals? Sattvic, rajasic, tamasic, steadfastness. Happiness. What's sattvic happiness? What's the lowest form of happiness? Then you'll have a full picture of your personality. That's it. 11.54. Really. Sorry, so now we've sent... How many books? Sorry, I've just got a list of books. I'll name them out as in, in order of first come, first serve. But how many books did you say you had? I'll have to give a count. I'm not sure what's in the room. But um, we'll see. We'll try and fulfill them where possible. Okay, so, so far, based on, I think, I, I, seven. So just so you know, first come, first serve, I've got Neelam, Jordi. How many people altogether? Uh, um, eight people have requested it so far. Okay, I think I can fulfill eight. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah, so all eight. So um, we'll just, just need to... It's just a matter of how to get it to you. Just confirming. Just a matter of how... Whether you can um, send it to me on a private message. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Just a matter of how to get it to, to you guys. That's the only... Sure. We'll Barry, did you put me on the list as well? I'll read out who I got on the list so everyone knows. Um, Nilam Ben Jyoti, Dharmesh, Stashi, Anju, Nikisha, Aruna Babi, and Kevo. Okay. Great. And like, like I said, uh, whoever wants to download it can download it on as well from Amazon. It's about £11 or something. So, but if you want the hard copy, I've, I've got enough to cover eight, I think. Yeah. Great. If there's no other clarifications, no other questions. We obviously got a Wednesday Q&A session, so. Yeah, if anybody wants to join in and anyone has any general questions, they can ask on Wednesday or post it. Um, last Wednesday, I did a lot of the uh, talking. I won't be doing a lot of talking this Wednesday. You, you guys will have to do the discussion. I'm only going to be participating. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us this morning.